One of the most common patterns I hear from clients who come into my office is women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and higher telling me, all my symptoms started or got significantly worse after having child number blank. When they come in, they've been dealing with symptoms of brain fog, weight gain, anger and irritability, low libido, weak muscles, fatigue, insomnia, or maybe wanting to sleep all the time, acid reflux, new or increasing food sensitivities, bloating, and more. At the very minimum, these women are told by their doctors that this is a normal part of motherhood and basically just to suck it up. And at most, a doctor might decide to blame all of their problems on one or two markers in their blood work, like low iron or low vitamin D, give them a supplement and tell them that's the only thing they can fix. Of course, they take the supplement and they don't feel better. And interestingly enough, another problem that happens is most of the time that marker doesn't even go up in their blood work, which is actually a part of the problem. But all of this brings to the fact that Not only is it untrue that all these symptoms must be permanent after becoming a mother, this is bad science. Yes, it is normal for women to be depleted by pregnancy and delivery for 3 to 12 months after giving birth. But if your brain fog, weight gain, anger and irritability, weak muscles, fatigue, bloating, and more has not resolved in the 12 months after giving birth, it is time to look into something called chronic postnatal depletion. What is postnatal depletion? How do you know if you have it? And what can you do to get rid of it? I go over all this today and more. If you are living with chronic symptoms that diet change, supplements, exercise, and doctors haven't been able to fix, then you don't want to miss today's episode. You do not have to live with these symptoms or the guilt that comes with not being able to get your body or brain to feel or look the way you want it to. It's time to let go and be free of mom guilt about your body, emotions, and mental capacity. Let's dive in. Hey friend, welcome to the Better Belly Podcast. Do you want freedom from bloating and constipation? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling natural constipation remedies, causes for bloating, or recipes and exercises to help constipation? Are you frustrated with the mind game of trying to figure out what foods are helping or hurting your gut? Hey, I'm Allison, mom, wife, and functional gut health practitioner. At a young age, bloating and constipation were my constants. I didn't know what to do and wished I could just live a normal life focusing on my passions, my job, and my family. I was tired of abdominal pain that woke me up at night and wasting time and money on gut health remedies that just didn't work. Breakthrough moment, the functional medicine and osteopathic approach to gut health. In this podcast, you will find natural remedies for bloating and constipation, practical, doable belly exercises and massages, and debunked myths about what really is causing your tummy problems. So toss out those laxatives and say goodbye to that embarrassing gas. Your gut health is calling. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Before we dive in, I want to share that this episode was inspired by a conversation with my friend Megan. And you can hear some of Megan's story more in episode 167, which is titled Visceral Manipulation, a Simple Treatment for Diastis Recti Abdominis, so or DRAs. 
That whole episode is about Megan's testimony of a quick treatment session I did with her to help heal her diastasis recti. But Megan and I are friends in real life, and since meeting her last year at a business conference, she and I have had several more conversations on health, which have been mostly centered around pregnancy and symptoms she's had since pregnancy. So you see, prior to being pregnant and giving birth, Megan's health was not only pretty good, it was amazing. She's an Ironman triathlon finisher. And for those of you who don't know what an Ironman is, it is the most epic triathlon you could ever do. It's a 2.4 mile swim followed by a 112 mile bike ride, followed by running a full marathon. That's 24.6 miles. But many of us, you might know what a full marathon is. So I want you to imagine you have to run a full marathon after already doing essentially a full marathon's worth of swimming and biking prior to that. Safe to say Megan is strong and has a lot of will and determination to make herself healthy and honestly be a great athlete. She ate healthy, she worked out, and she thought, hey, I can handle pregnancy. This is not a big deal. Little did she know that more than 18 months after the birth of her second child, she would still be struggling with a chronic problem of a diastasis recti, which is splitting of the abdominal walls. Again, go listen to episode 167, which I have linked in the show notes if you want to hear more about that story with her. Um, But she was also dealing with problems like fatigue that peaked at 3 p.m. every single day, brain fog that made it hard to do things like put her grocery list together and remember why she walked into a room when she got there. She didn't feel like herself and she wanted her body back. After talking with Megan more and hearing more about all these problems she was having explicitly since having the birth of her second child, I then had a conversation with one of my neighbors on a Saturday stroller walk with our kids. She's also a mama too, like Megan, and she's a health conscious dentist who tries to eat healthy and move regularly. These are not women who just need to eat more veggies or just need to work out or get their life together. They're already doing the quote unquote right things. But she was struggling, my my neighbor and her doctors, they didn't blow her off saying, oh, you know, this is normal for every mom to have, which is what Megan was receiving from her doctors. But they were saying, oh, the reason you're having all your problems is just because you have super low iron. Well, interestingly enough, she's had super low iron her entire life and the doctors have never been able to fix it with an iron supplement. So I wanted to create this episode for all you moms out there who are already trying to work hard and be healthy, and you are doing all the quote-unquote right things, but you are not getting the right results that you are told you should get. So before we even get into the concept of today's episode, let me give you permission that you do not need to eat more veggies to be healthy. You don't need to eat less sugar. You don't need more non-toxic products, though I love me some non-toxic products. You are dealing with something called chronic postnatal depletion, and there are five barriers to overcoming postnatal depletion that doctors do not talk about and will have no tools to help you improve. So let's talk about what postnatal depletion is, how long postnatal depletion can last, and what to do to overcome it. Again, this is for you if you say to yourself, if you've ever said to somebody else, to your doctor, to your spouse, to yourself in your journal, 
all my symptoms started after baby number blank. It doesn't have to be baby number one. It doesn't have to be baby number two or three. If your problem started after a certain baby, this is what you want to pay attention to right here because you are in a state of chronic postnatal depletion. Okay. What is chronic postnatal depletion? Number one, it's not a diagnosis as recognized by the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic Manual for Doctors. It's a term or a description of a state that I picked up from the Australian family doctor, Dr. Oscar Serilak. I It's unclear to me who the first person was to come up with this term of postnatal depletion. I believe it was not Dr. Oscar Serilak, but he was the first person who introduced me to the concept when I read his book, The Postnatal Depletion Cure. I read this book in preparation for my own pregnancy and the birth of my daughter because of the numerous clients I'd worked with up until that point who had stated that all their symptoms started after baby number blank. This was a common, common health history phrase that would get used in my clients because when someone comes in, I don't want to know just what symptoms they're dealing with, but how long have they been going on? When did each one start? Is it recent in the last three to six months? Is it more long-term, five to 10? Did it happen after certain life events like a car accident, a pregnancy, loss of a loved one, moving houses, moving cities, changing jobs? All those things factor into me having created a framework of understanding where do people pick up their problems and what are the problems they're potentially dealing with. And so I did not want to become the same story of my clients where I'd say, my health was amazing. And then I gave birth and it all tanked. I knew that giving birth was going to be basically a marathon for my body, uh, a 40-week marathon, and that delivery was going to be its own mini marathon. And that the three to 12 months after giving birth with breastfeeding and sleep changes due to the baby was also going to be a marathon. So I knew I was going to be tired, but I did not want to have that chronic postnatal depletion that lasted over a year. So I was aggressively working to better understand postnatal depletion. And that's when Dr. Sarah Lack's book, actually came into my awareness and I read it front to back. I'm going to be sharing a little bit more on that book and I am currently not going to include a link to the book because I actually felt like the book fell short of what women need to address chronic postnatal depletion, but the book was a really great primer and helped to orient me really fast to this ongoing conversation that there is going on on postnatal depletion. Interestingly enough, when I went to go Google postnatal depletion prior to creating this episode, just to see what popped up, there's actually more articles that are being written on it. And unfortunately, a lot of the articles that I read, I felt, again, really fell short of the full gamut of how you can heal postnatal depletion and even what's going on. Again, it felt really superficial and like sleep better, don't breastfeed, or it'll get better once you breastfeed. And it was very bad advice generally. So um, just to say, I want this episode to take a step deeper into postnatal depletion. If you go and check out resources after listening to this episode and it says stuff like just take ashwagandha or just take iron or it'll get better once you're not breastfeeding anymore, then don't believe those things because there are clients that I'm working with that I believe had have, have had postnatal depletion for 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years because we can still trace that back to all their symptoms getting worse or starting after they got pregnant with blank number child. 
So let's talk about what the definition of post postnatal depletion is. And the I'm going to give you my personal definition. You might see some different stuff out there because, again, it's not like this very, very specific thing. But postnatal depletion, I describe best as a normal state where the body has given everything it has to grow, maintain, deliver, and feed a baby, which can affect the mental and physical state of the mother for up to one year. So some things to note, it's normal for up to one year. Primarily, this one year is defined by the fact that one year is when the baby is relying the most on the mom for nutrition through breastfeeding, if breastfeeding is happening. And that third trimester, or excuse me, fourth trimester, uh, which is, again, that unofficial... It's, a, it's just a helpful term that says basically the baby is still growing as if it was in utero, but babies are born in the third trimester because their heads would get too big for us to deliver them. And so nature has us deliver babies essentially three months sooner than they would otherwise come out in the womb. I don't know if you guys knew that about why the fourth trimester is called the fourth trimester, but it has to do with the fact that babies are born essentially three months early, again, because they're very large craniums. Um, but that fourth trimester is extremely intensive. Babies don't sleep like regular adult hours. So there's a lot of sleep deprivation involved. They eat very frequently. They poop very frequently. It's just a very intense time for mom and dad after delivery, no matter what. And then that that entire 12 months after delivery, even when they're not in that fourth trimester stage, they're still relying on mom a lot for food and, and being held. They can't walk on their own. There's, it's a very intense time. So it's normal for there to be a certain amount of postnatal depletion up until that point because the mom, even after she's given birth, isn't necessarily recovering all of her nutrients because still a lot of... of of her resources, whether that's psychological resources or physical resources, are going towards the baby. So some places online, so this is one of the things, like literally one of the top four or five Google searches results for postnatal depletion said that a mom can be affected by postnatal depletion for up to 10 years. And this seemed completely unnecessary and really devalidating that this should only be happening if the mom is not being properly supported by her um, health practitioners to help find the root causes of what's causing her postnatal depletion. It should really be one year, uh, again, really being marked by the time when there's breastfeeding and sleep irregularities by the baby. This does become key in, in my conversation and, and how I define it. So post Natal depletion normally will heal on its own just through eating nutritious food, getting adequate sleep, and movement. Not even necessarily exercise, but movement, walking, gentle stretching, things that will re-engage the muscles and help the mom's body heal. Well, what if postnatal depletion doesn't heal? What does this mean? You know, does this inherently mean that the mom didn't eat enough nutritious food or sleep or move enough? Not inherently. While those three things, food, sleep, and movement, can impact a mom's recovery, what I have seen with my clients is that my clients are the ones who did all those things and in, in a very ideal way. But doing those things in an ideal way does not guarantee a mom will not experience chronic postnatal depletion. So when is postnatal depletion unhealthy or abnormal? When it lasts longer than one year. My client Megan was 18 months after giving birth to her most recent child. 
I would consider her in a state of chronic postnatal depletion. My neighbor, who's had a lot of iron problems and fatigue and brain fog problems, is over two years from the birth of her child. I would consider that chronic postnatal depletion. So how long can chronic postnatal depletion last? I already mentioned this a little earlier, but from my client's own stories, I believe and I I operate with the fact that postnatal depletion can last your entire life if you do nothing about it. AK, not necessarily if this is to be very clear, (laughs) you could try to eat good food and get movement and talk to your OBGYN. That's not necessarily doing nothing. But if you don't do the right things about it, you are not going to potentially exit this phase. And you'll end up going all the way into even menopause and and perimenopause with this problem, which makes menopause way more rocky as well, because you're still depleted from literally having all those babies. So the big question becomes, why does postnatal depletion last longer than one year for some women? And the reason that I operate out of that we, that I've been trailing and tracking with my clients through their stories is that their problems existed before they were pregnant these, there were hidden problems that their body had before they were pregnant, but the body was able to handle it on its own before these extreme demands of pregnancy delivery and breastfeeding a baby came into play. So often I'll have clients who say, you know, I had a small amount of anemia. I had a small amount of fatigue, a small amount of bloating, but it really wasn't, it didn't impede my life that much. And of course, doctors aren't going to tell them they doctors cannot help at all with anything that's moderate or mild symptoms. And so they didn't think much about it. And then they get pregnant and those problems, you, the body doesn't have the resources. The immune system can't handle things. The, you might lack nutrients for your body to actually operate for cells to recover, for your brain to get what it needs to operate. And so interestingly, there's five barriers to overcoming postnatal depletion that I see. And it's the same five problems that I see in my clients who haven't given birth, whose problems didn't even specifically start because of pregnancy and delivery, which makes me have the opinion that this is not specifically pregnancy that's the problem, but simply that pregnancy creates this quick depletion of the body that then makes the body susceptible to an ongoing or hidden problem that the body was dealing with before pregnancy. Can you imagine that? You have a body, there's something hidden inside of it that is that would cause the body to have problems, but it the body's able to manage it, kind of like keeping that problem at bay with with barriers around a city like a big city wall or little canyons, can- cannons that shoot whatever that problem is and keeps it at bay. But when you're pregnant, you know what? All your resources do not get to be focused on keeping those problems at bay anymore, and they can very much take over. Um, And I don't mean to sound vague. I'm going to tell you what those five things are, but you actually can see this on a cellular level when you actually start to understand the components of these five problems that as soon as someone's pregnant and delivers, that whole process depletes them of what they need to keep all these problems at bay. I'm not going to honestly get into the science-y gook of all of it. I'm just going to tell you what those five problems are. So number one, digestion. This is stomach acid, bile, and pancreatic enzymes. You cannot fix these three things with just taking a digestive enzyme supplement. And if these three things are are off, they're going to get worse as soon as you are pregnant. Because say you have low stomach acid, maybe it's borderline stomach acid, 
One of the things you need to create stomach acid is zinc. I talk about it a lot on this podcast. Some people literally probably think you can fix all your problems by taking zinc. It's not true, but zinc is important. And there's a point in, in, in the process where zinc will become very important for a woman to get rid of chronic postnatal depletion. But if you have low stomach acid or you have a pathogen causing low stomach acid that you're living at peace with, as soon as you're pregnant, your immune system goes down, your nutrients like zinc will go down and you will become even more zinc deficient and then stomach acid deficient, which will then lead to problems like bloating because you need stomach acid to digest food to then not have bloating, constipation, poor nutrient absorption, nutrient deficiencies, anemia, because you need stomach acid to absorb iron, calcium deficiencies, because you need stomach acid to absorb calcium, poor fat absorption, which will lead to poor absorption of fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin D, which everyone's like, vitamin D, that's why everyone has their brain fog or fatigue. No. What if you have low vitamin D because you have low stomach acid and you have low stomach acid because you have H. pylori, and when you have H. pylori and low stomach acid, you then also have low zinc which can also cause skin problems like eczema or acne. And that can also be a problem that my clients are dealing with. Maybe it's a problem you're dealing with on top of, you know, the mom, mom brain and the fatigue and the irritability and anger, right? But it's not about the vitamin D. It's not even about the zinc. It's about the low stomach acid and whatever caused that low stomach acid. And the pregnancy puts you on the fast track for that process becoming bigger way faster, All right, so that's number one, digestion. Number two, hidden pathogens. What are you talking about? Hidden pathogens. Hidden pathogens are pathogens that doctors cannot look for, will not look for unless the symptoms are severe enough and their testing is too weak to see. And so I get all the time clients who come to me and they say, my doctors say my labs look normal. We do our own labs that are more sensitive and we find pathogens in their labs that are driving all of their body symptoms. H. pylori, bacterial imbalances, C. diff. Oh my gosh. C. I have, I have at least two clients who we believe they got their C. diff when they gave birth at a hospital because the number one place to get C. diff is at a hospital. Why? Most people go to hospitals when they are, have a problem, their immune system is down, and then C. diff is an antibiotic-resistant pathogen, and you can easily transmit it just by walking into a hospital. Not necessarily just by walking, but by being in it long enough, essentially, because because it's, it's, it's going to float around on the clothing and the gloves and, and hospitals try to stay safe, but they are extremely germy places because you have a high concentration of very sick people there. So I, again, I have two clients we believe they got C. diff from being at the hospital, but they never, never presented as an acute C. diff patient. Why? Because you can have chronic C. diff pathogens and the, and the doctors won't, won't look for it because it doesn't look like acute. So that's going to cause major problems. C. diff can cause weight gain, constant, or not constipation, diarrhea, poor focus, poor memory, ADHD symptoms, anxiety, right? I had one client who had C. diff and she, once we got rid of it, she was able to come off of anxiety medication. Can you think of how many moms feel anxious and might just have C. diff, but they are getting counseling and feel like they're a bad mom and they, um, you know, feel like they have to take all these anxiety medications and they wish they could just love their children without feeling anxious all the time or go to work without feeling anxious. That might be possible for you. Please get and, and you can't get checked for C. diff at hospitals. That's the only reason that I have created this podcast and my business, Better Belly Therapies, and my main offer, the Better Belly Blueprint, is because 
you can't get these things at hospitals. And it's very difficult to even get them with other health providers who might be outside of a hospital. That's number two, hidden pathogens. There are a lot of options and they thrive when you're pregnant and after you give birth because your body is so focused on the maintenance of that baby, not on your immune system and, and keeping that pathogen at bay. Number three, congested detox pathways. There are There's a lot to detox when you give birth and while you're pregnant, there's a lot of hormones. That's part of why we get the nausea in first trimester. It's just a radical increase in hormones. And then after we give birth, I experienced this. You can have things like hot flashes at night because of your liver trying to detox all the excess hormones that are going on. Well, if your detox pathways are already a little congested before you give birth, then after you give birth, it is just a flood. It's like adding traffic to a car lane. Like if you're on a highway and the highway is normally four lanes and it's going to have bad traffic at five o'clock. Well, if you take that those four lanes and make it three lanes or two lanes, that traffic's going to be mega bad. And it's the same problem for our own bodies. Pregnancy just adds to the amount of detoxing we need to do. And if the pathways are even a little congested, they will get significantly worse during and after pregnancy. Number four is food sensitivities. This is another thing that happens commonly we see, which is somebody has food sensitivities that weren't causing GI symptoms, meaning they eat foods and they don't get gut symptoms. They don't get bloating, but maybe they get brain fog or headaches or their sinuses get congested, but they don't associate those food sensitivities with, or those symptoms with a potential food sensitivity. So they've been eating foods that they're sensitive to for potentially years or decades, but then they give birth and their immune system goes out of whack and suddenly after giving birth, maybe they are reacting to those foods or their baby's reacting to those foods. So hidden food sensitivities are a big thing that I see popping up and that could have been happening prior to birth. Again, we don't fully know unless there was testing prior to birth and usually you're not getting that testing. Those people just think they have chronic sinus problems or chronic eczema and they're putting creams on it, but really it's a food sensitivity and it has to do with how the whole body's connected. Um, so that's the fourth thing. And the fifth thing is mineral deficiencies and heavy metals. If you deal with all five of these things, digestion at the root cause, not digestive enzymes, not cute, like taking supplements like iron and vitamin D, you're not going to even absorb when you have low stomach acid digestion, you get to the root cause, hidden pathogens, congested detox pathways, food sensitivities and mineral deficiencies and heavy metals, that chronic depletion goes away every single time, every single time that we've put my clients through it. And so Dr. Sarah Lack's book, this gets back to why I said I'm not, I'm not putting his book's link in my podcast show notes, because even though he gets the credit for introducing me to the term, and he did a pretty good job of introducing the framework of what is chronic postnatal depletion, how it's not postnatal uh, postpartum depression, though he thinks there is a really strong overlap with the two that postnatal depletion can cause postpartum depression, which I totally am behind. He he had a lot of great stuff in it. I really felt though that his his solutions still did not get to the root cause of the problems. And when I approached my own postnatal healing, I didn't use very many, if any of his recommendations because I took his recommendations and went two to three layers deeper to get to the actual root cause, to make sure my stomach acid levels were good and that I didn't get um, have hidden pathogens going into pregnancy, let alone coming out of it, that I didn't have food sensitivities that weren't being dealt with in my day-to-day -day diet. 
all those things were things I had already dealt with prior to pregnancy. And that I, that I, I did some additional testing, what, three to six months after giving birth to double check my heavy metals and mineral levels were looking good to make sure that, um, that my organic acids test, which is how well I'm like detoxing and looking for extra pathogens that I, that I could potentially have missed or gained, um, while being at a hospital to make sure that looked good. Um, and so my better belly method does teach the root of all five of these underlying chronic postnatal depletion problems, it teaches you how to cure these five things. And like I said, it's not about, I'm not going to teach you in my better belly method to take digestive enzymes and eat vegetables and sleep better and use adaptogenic herbs to heal your adrenal glands. Like you're going to heal your adrenal glands, your gut, your brain from the root up, but it's an entirely different process that is not what is in blogs. So I teach you that exact process of the better belly method inside of my free training by that you can access by going to betterbellytherapies.com slash training or clicking the link in the show notes to watch today. And if you're listening to this and you're like, no, I don't even need to watch the training. I know that I'm ready to end my chronic postnatal depletion today. I want access to the Better Belly Method. Go to betterbellytherapies.com slash blueprint to join my program to end your chronic postnatal depletion in three to six months using my signature Better Belly Method. Go to betterbellytherapies.com slash blueprint or click the link to join today. I hope you hear my sincerity in this episode. I so deeply want moms to be free from their symptoms and their guilt, like the guilt we can all carry around from like, I'm not good enough. Like I'm, I just need to try harder. I need to work harder. Please be free of, of feeling you need to work harder. No, you just need to do the deep root cause things. And then you can actually go back to the way life was before pregnancy or even better. Some of my clients had really bad symptoms before being pregnant and pregnancy just made everything worse. And they literally feel better now than even before they'd gotten pregnant with their first child. So do not let yourself go another day while still feeling the way you feel and trying to piece together with like, just like a rand with all these random stuff online that isn't even good advice on to heal yourself, but use my process to get yourself in the fast lane and honestly save money by knowing exactly what you need to do and not buying a bunch of random supplements on Instagram and be a part of a community where you get lifelong support that if you join today, even if you cannot start today, or even if it takes you a while to get going because you're balancing work and you're balancing kids, you get lifelong access to our support in our biweekly group coaching calls and our Facebook group where you can ask questions anytime, any day and get answers by one of our coaches. So you can join today by going to betterbellytherapies.com slash blueprint. Or again, if you want to know more about the Better Belly Method and exactly how it works, go check out my free training that I made for you at betterbellytherapies.com slash training. I want you to know everything you need to know so that you can make an informed decision and find the true healing that you can get so you don't have to stay like Megan or like my neighbor who's a dentist and feel like it's your fault that you're not better. It is not your fault. You don't need to just try harder or eat more veggies. Please be free of that. And I cannot wait to see you in the blueprint and see you healing and smiling and saving lots of money on supplements and doctor's appointments in just three to six months. Catch you guys next week. Hey friend, I hope you loved this episode. If you've been a fan for a while or newly loving this podcast, can you do me a favor? Drop into Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. 
When you leave a review, you do so much. You help me know you're listening. You can tell me what you're loving so I know what to make more of. And you help others by boosting this podcast so other people like you can find the podcast too. I mean, it's a win, 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 right? So if you want a way to pay it forward, just go to Apple Podcasts or click the link in my show notes and leave a rating and review. And if you want some more free stuff, just head over to my free Facebook group, betterbellytherapies.com slash Facebook, and you can get access to all of my free support for you, including some Facebook group exclusive stuff like my podcast episode vault, where you can search the Better Belly podcast by topic and find exactly what you need to expedite your healing. I cannot wait to see you in there. Catch you guys next week.